So Brett, there's this trend um, that people like to participate in in January uh, called Dry January. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how it impacts the restaurant industry? Yeah, so Dry January is one of those resolution-oriented things in which people try to do something new with their lives. Although uh, in this case, unlike other resolutions, which are supposed to be permanent, Dry January is just let's just not drink for one month. Let's see if we can do that. And it's a way for people to kind of readjust their relationship with alcohol. Maybe if they take a break, they they can cut back permanently, or maybe they can stop drinking forever, or maybe they're just going to go back and uh, go nuts on February 1st. Or, you know, January 11th, depending on how good they are at, at keeping their resolutions. But unlike a lot of sort of New Year bandwagony kind of things, uh, dry January seems to have really caught on. And something like, let's say, 30% of Americans, the, the numbers really vary depending on which data you believe, but let's say a third or so of Americans try not to drink in January, or it's 30% of adults, because the children are probably not mostly drinking alcohol anyway. Oh, who knows? And I don't have kids, so I'm not going to judge them, whatever. But the fact that January is a slow uh, month for many restaurants anyway, the fact that people have decided to take that time also not to drink makes it even harder. So uh, this could be a problem, but fortunately, there are a lot of spirit-free alternatives out there that aren't just like giving somebody a Sprite, charging them three bucks and calling it a day. You can have really uh, dynamic, fun, spirit-free cocktails, as I like to call them, or just cocktails that don't have alcohol in them. I, a lot of people like to call them mocktails, but I find that impolite. Like, you're not mocking anybody. They're not fake cocktails. They're just cocktails that don't happen to have alcohol. And mixologists are getting better at making them. There are a lot more uh, pretty good spirit-free spirit substitutes. Some of them are just god-awful, but some are getting better. And, and they're at least interesting and a worthy base uh, from which to build a cocktail. But if you just want to make your own tinctures and infusions, nobody's stopping you from doing that. And a lot of bartenders have gotten really good at that. And there's no need that, that you need to charge a lot less for a cocktail just because it doesn't have alcohol, especially since a lot of these ingredients are close to or more expensive than spirits. So you should still be able to make a decent profit and charge your customers accordingly. And they, they seem to respond to them and want these uh, spirit-free beverages. And a growing number of people aren't drinking anyway. So to have high-end, nice drinks that don't contain alcohol seems to be something that every restaurant should be doing. You mentioned that people aren't really drinking alcohol or people have lessened their alcohol use. Um, do you think that the increase in these spirit-free cocktails on menus and these new spirit-free uh, solutions for people at home. Do you think that that was inspired by that or is it a chicken and the egg kind of thing? I, I don't think it, it, that dry January got this going. I think 
people wanting to drink this or people wanting to drink less created or inspired the popularity of dry January and also the uh, reduction in alcohol consumption by a lot of drinkers. That and also the fact that recreational marijuana is now legal in a bunch of states, which gives people another legal choice to uh, to enjoy themselves. And, and there's just a growing interest in people living more healthfully. I think uh, the soul searching of the pandemic has uh, yielded some positive results, in, including people trying to take better care of themselves. So when we're seeing these cocktails pop up on menus or spirit-free cocktails, um, where are people, like, are people doing a lot of, this is a spirit-free version of an espresso martini, or this is a spirit-free version of a mojito, or are they getting more creative with this because they don't have to be as confined to what kind of alcohol they're using? I mean, you are right that they don't have to be as confined, but they tend to do things like, as you said, a spirit-free espresso martini, which is just a coffee drink, but whatever, or or a uh, nojito, that's a common one. Nojito with an N, so you, you get it. There's no alcohol, but it's like a mojito. Using a spirit-free spirit, usually a, a whiskey substitute, to make an old-fashioned that they might call a no-fashioned or, or a no-ABV-fashioned. Uh, they tend to be copycats of uh, traditional cocktails or newish cocktails like the espresso martini, uh, but I don't see why that's necessary. I think operators should feel free to make whatever drink they want using whatever flavors they want and uh, get their customers on board. But as I said, if you if you name something after something that people are already familiar with, they're more likely to get an idea of what you're talking about. This is something that restaurant operators do with food items too. You know, they they'll they'll take a burger and add one thing to it so that people can still understand where you're coming from. Similarly, you make a cocktail, but the spirit uh, that you use is replaced by something that doesn't have alcohol. People can wrap their heads around that more easily. I guess one of my questions now is where does the line come between a fun drink on a menu that could be viewed as a soft drink and a fun drink on a menu that could be viewed as a spirit-free cocktail? Like Shake Shack had some flavored lemonade with mint or basil in it. That was three ingredients, which I believe is a cocktail. So how do you sort of draw the line? Well, Sonic has done similar things with cocktail-inspired smoothies and stuff, or slushes, I guess. Uh, I think that's really up to the marketing department where you draw the line. And it's an important line to draw because you cannot charge $12 for a slush in most markets, but you can charge $12 for a frozen spirit-free margarita. So they could be the same thing. I, I think it's just a question of how you spin it and, and how receptive to that your guests are. 